Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about resolving marital conflict. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and take some notes. I really want to help some of you married couples today. We start out our show all the time with a quote of the day, and it goes like this from a gentleman named Henry Ford. He says, don't find fault, find a remedy. Now, let's look here in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. I'm going to use this one verse as a launching pad today when we talk about marital conflict, resolving marital conflict. Notice what it says here in Proverbs 15 and 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. I'm going to give it to you again. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I've been married now for about 29 years. And one of the things that I had to learn really early is this principle here about a gentle answer. I've noticed over the years that when I give my spouse a gentle answer, I get a gentle response. If I give an angry answer, I probably will get a angry response because what you give is what you're going to give back in return. And so we have to learn how to communicate with our spouses. And communication is such a big thing. Many times we just didn't learn how to communicate. Maybe you didn't get it in your family construct. Maybe you didn't learn it in school. Maybe you didn't learn it in any relationship. And so when men and women come together in a relationship, we have to remember that we don't all come from the same area as it relates to communication and how to speak to one another. And so I thought it was necessary today to really talk about these things concerning marital conflict because I know that people have marital problems. And one of the things that I talk to couples about when I'm doing couples counseling I say to them, I'm going to give you some tools because I know you're going to have some trouble in your marriage. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So when you have some problems, if you are willing to use some of the tools that I'm going to give you, you can fix your own problems. The problem is, though, we don't use the tools. Some people don't get premarital counseling. You got to get it. To me, It's out of the question, do I need it? I'm telling you that you do because something is going to go awry in relationships. They always do because when you're coming together with somebody, you're learning them, you're trying to figure things out. Many times you meet the person for the first time. You didn't really meet who they really are. You just met a representation of what they thought they could present to you over those days, weeks, months, years. We find things out about our spouse we didn't know existed. 
but all of those things were always there. We just didn't know it on day one. So it is my job today, my assignment, as I talk with you today, and I want you to really open your heart, and I want you to know, especially if you are a Christian, I don't care how bad your marriage is. If I got two willing participants who want to put in the work, your marriage can be healed by God. And the reality is he's going to use you to do the work, which leads me to another point. Marriage is work. So if you don't want to be married single people, or should I say, if you don't want to put in any work, don't get married. Married is not for you. Marriage is not for you. Do something else. Don't waste somebody's time if you're unwilling to do the work. Another reason why marriages fail, because you got people who just don't want to clock in. You know, when you go to your job, you got to clock in. Some of us got to sign in. They got fancy things for you to get paid. But the reality is, when you clock in at work, it lets your employer know that you're there. They're expecting you to do something. Marriage is different, though. You got to clock in, but you got to stay in. You can't clock out. And that's the reality of so many marriages. They thought that love was just going to get them by. My definition of love is action. It's an action word, which means work. You're going to have to work to have the marriage you want. But I'm telling you, if you're willing to put in the work, marriage does get easy. It really does. And you get to know somebody and love them and spend your time with them. You know them like they know you. So I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to throw in the towel. I want you to hear your brother today. I want you to hear Pastor D because I want to give you some tools to tune up your marriage so you guys can get on with doing the things you really desire and you want to do. Now, we know that every couple, couples in our world, they have differences, they have disagreements, but every healthy couple got to find a way to resolve these marital disputes without creating marital wars. Couples that really will be honest about this, they understand that if they're willing again to use the tools, they just going to work. And independently of what people may think about your marriage, keep other folks out of it because it is your marriage. I want to give you 10 things that are going to help you. They're only going to help you if you're going to do it. If you're not going to do it, it's not going to help you. So if you're single, I want you to listen to this so you can maybe share it with a married couple and even get it for yourself. If you are married, I want you to get this. I want you to get it in your heart. Sit down with your spouse and say, you know what? We've got to make some changes today. We got to take time and do the work and do these steps again and again and again. When anything arises, we got something that we can work on. What I'm giving you today is essentially a blueprint to help you in your marital conflict if you have any. Here's point number one. Set a time and a place for discussion. I'm giving you some practical things. Set a time and a place for discussion. Many times we don't think this is important, but you've got to understand you have to set a time and a place where we're going to talk about the things that we have a hard time talking about. You just can't randomly just start talking to your spouse about things. You got to set a time and respect one another's time. So when we come together, this is our time 
to work on our marriage. I want you to begin to do this. Something as easy as sitting down with your spouse and say, honey, we need to talk about this. Can we set a time and a day where you and I can sit down and talk about some things without being redundant, but I'm going to be again. You got to stop springing things up on your spouse and expecting them to give you your undivided attention. I think it's disrespectful because maybe your spouse had something to do that day. Maybe they had to pick up the kids. Everything can't be a 10. If we really learn how to come together and respect one another's time and say, you know what? We're going to set a time and a place and we're going to talk about it and keep your word. I don't care what comes up. Keep your word to your spouse, which means you need to be looking at your calendar. You need to be looking at the things that you have to do. And then when you know your calendar is free, sit down and talk with your spouse. That's point number one. Set a time and a place for discussion. Number two, define the problem or the issue of disagreement. If we're going to come up with a solution, We got to define the problem. What is the problem? And allow your spouse to say what they need to say. And you sit there and don't say anything because we're learning how to respect one another's feelings and one another's voice. You'll find out even in step number two, maybe what you thought the problem was just may not be. But you don't know. That's why I said define the problem and the issue of disagreement. Allow one another to say, you know what, this is what I believe the problem is. And then you get an opportunity to say, this is what I believe the problem is. And as you guys are listening, you'll find out maybe y'all as far as the East is from the West, or maybe you'll find out, man, we right here in the dead center of what the issue is. But if you won't define the problem, There is no such thing as a solution. Point number three, how do you each contribute to the problem? This is so important. It's not all your wife's fault. You might be making it her fault, but it's not true. It's not all your husband's fault. You might be making it his fault, but that's not true. We got to come to this table and we got to find out here, what did I contribute to this issue? What did I do? We got to talk about that. We got to talk about the things we don't want to talk about. Many times people don't want to be culpable and responsible for what they've done because maybe again, they've lived most of their life without anybody calling them on the carpet. They live most of their life without being responsible for what they said, how they said it, their attitude. And it's another thing. Some of the problems are our disposition. Maybe we always looking angry. Maybe we always looking mean. See, you don't know what you look like. Your eyes are in your head, not outside of it. You don't know how you may be shrugging your shoulders. You may not know how your nose is flaring. You don't know how you're sitting in your posture. See, when you're frustrated and you're upset, sometimes by default, you putting out these vibes that you are not aware of. But you got to get to the place and say, how do each of you contribute? If there's a problem, there's a contributor. If there's a solution, there's a contributor. Do you know? If you don't know, it's going to be difficult for you again to find the solution. Number four, I want you to take a pen and paper out and list past attempts to resolve the issue that were not successful. 
This is so important. You got to be serious about this because remember, I told you this is work. You wanted to get married. That's wonderful. Praise God. But now we got to list some things, some past attempts that just didn't work. So we're writing them down. Don't use your memory for this. Be respectful to one another and list some past attempts, some past tries that we had to resolve the issue. It just didn't work. It wasn't successful. And we say, you know what? We tried this. We tried that. That didn't work. Let's find out why. Maybe we need to draw a line through that and come up with something else. Another thing that I didn't mention that I think is important, we need to pray before we even have this meeting with our spouse. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, if God can't open up your husband's heart, you can't do it. If God won't open up your wife's heart, you can't do it. I've tried this even in my own marriage. It's just not going to work. If you got two Christian people, you got to pray and ask the spirit of God to open up their heart so that they can receive. So list some past attempts to resolve the issue that were not successful. Number five, I really like this one too. Brainstorm. Why should we do this? We brainstorming all kinds of things. You know why? Because we're coming up with some solutions. We're coming up with some ideas. And I'll say this, as you begin to do this, the Spirit of God will give you some ideas. He'll tell you some things that you need to do. This is why if the Spirit of God is not in your marriage, it's just not going to work anyway. God has got to be the central part of your marriage. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit knows your husband better than you, knows your wife better than you. So when we are brainstorming, we are listing all possible solutions. And those solutions are not things that are coming out of the thin air. This is why I'm saying to you, we got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. So we got to get God involved in this because listen, if in fact, you want to build anything in life, those that are really serious, I'm not talking about those that are kicking tires, but those that are really serious will write things down. Writing things down will reinforce what y'all talked about. Writing things down shows you care. Writing things down shows your spouse you serious. Writing things down shows that there's a covenant there. There's an agreement there. There's something that both parties are acknowledging and saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to work on. This is something that you brought to my attention. I see it. I look at it. Now I got an opportunity to ask the Spirit of God to show me how to incorporate these things in our marriage. In my opinion, things that don't get written down don't get done. I'm going to say that again. Things that you won't write down would never get done. You know why? Because you're going to forget them. We don't need you to forget. We need you to remember. And this is why I think it's so key that we spend some time brainstorming. And this could be done apart from one another or together. I would suggest you brainstorm together. Sit down and brainstorm and write this list out. Point number six, discuss and evaluate these possible solutions. We're going to discuss. That means we're going to talk about it. We're not going to put it into play until we discuss it, and then we're going to evaluate it. Here's what evaluation says. Are we really going to follow through? Are we really going to do this? 
In other words, maybe there's an issue in the marriage financially and you don't feel like you need to call your spouse about purchases that you make. You feel like I worked all week. I brought home my check. I ought to be able to go out and buy a hamburger. I ought to be able to go out and buy some jeans. I ought to be able to go out and do this, that, and the other. But remember, you married. You're in a partnership. You just can't do what you want to do. And your money is not your money. It's the money of both of you. I must say this again. It's just not your money. It's your spouse's money too. Man, the times I've sat across from people in these money problems, they actually believe that when they got married, they could still do the things they could when they were single. Yes, when you were single, you could take your check and blow it. It ain't wise, but you can. Because if you have no kids, you got no spouse, you can do what you want to do. But you cannot do that when you are married. You have to bring your paycheck home and you have to sit down and say, this is where this is going. This is where that's going. This is what we got to pay. This is what we have for extra cash that we can go do things with. Yeah. This is what you got to do. And if you make this adjustment, because what this does is, is it shows your spouse that you respect them. It shows them that, hey, you know what? After evaluating this, I realized that I still, I'm married, but I still got a single man's complex. I still operate as a single man or I still operate as a single woman. You got to come up with this. This is why discussion and evaluation is so important before there's a solution. See, when you get this out on paper and you actually look at it and you watch this, and you're honest about it, then you can see where the problems are. So watch this. Let's not talk about anything that we're not willing to change. We don't even need to talk about it. Let's not talk about money if we're not willing to change. See, if it's a real issue, you got to be willing to change. If it's not an issue, then it's not an issue. But the problem is, is that we talk about these things, but there's an unwillingness inside. And it's really fear because you're afraid. You you don't want to be rejected. You know, you don't put your love, you don't put your time, you don't put your intention because marriage is an investment, man. You making an investment in the hopes you're going to get something back. People have done this and got nothing back. But I want you to know that if you got two spirit led people that are Christians that truly love one another and really riding for one another, you're going to get a return. You will. The only reason why you wouldn't is if you got somebody sitting across from you that's kicking tires and they're really not going to put in no work and they're really not going to be honest and genuine about the things that they really need to work on. Point number seven, agree on one solution to try. Not all five. We implementing one at a time. See, the problem is we want to try to do everything on the paper. No, you can't do that. We going to implement one. Let's agree to try this. Let's go back to the example I gave about the money. This is what we're going to agree to do. When I get my paycheck, we're going to come home. And before we spend anything, we're going to agree what we need to do. Maybe the wife is better at budgeting. Maybe you are better at budgeting. Maybe you are better at determining where something should go. Maybe the spouse is determined. Maybe she knows what to do or whatever the case may be. But this is one thing we're going to do. Before we buy anything, we're going to come home and we're going to talk about it. 
So watch this, ladies. You may go out to the store. You see a sale. You know, oh, I'm going to go buy this. I worked all week. I'm going to go buy this dress. But I told my spouse before I buy anything, I'm going to come home and say, honey, is it okay that I can buy this dress? Is it okay that I can buy these shoes or whatever the case may be? See, here's what this is. We got to get rid of the pride. I'm telling you, man, this is tough because, see, you worked all week. You like, man, I done busted my butt all week. I don't work the double, triple overtime, whatever the case may be. And I got to come home. I'm grown. Why I got to ask you and I spend this money. But remember now, you gave up the eyes for us. You gave up what you wanted to do so that y'all could do things together. This is why I tell people, do you really want to be married? You got to ask yourself this question, especially single people. Do you really? If you don't want to check in, if you don't want to get permission because you think you grown and you might be whatever the case is, you got to know you. It's more than love. Remember, I told you love is an action word. So we're not trying to implement all five steps. We're going to try one and we're going to give it a concerted effort. And so again, if it's an issue, we're going to talk about it and we're not going to be unwilling. We're going to be willing to put it into place. And I can guarantee you, if you got two hearts that generally, genuinely love each other, it's going to be an adjustment, but it'll work. And then come back to the table and say, OK, you know what? We tried it. We got it down. Let's go on to the next thing. Remember, I said this is work. You got to work, man. Point number eight, agree on how each individual will work towards this solution. What are you going to do, John? What are you going to do, Mary? What are you going to do? Put it on paper. Honey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Then you say what you going to do. Watch this. Because see, in business, those of you that are in business and you got a partnership, this is what this is. This is a partnership. You just can't do what you want to do. I know I've said that at least two times. I'm going to say it again. You can't do what you want to do just because you think you can. No, we are resolving a problem. We're resolved. We're coming to a solution. So we've got to have the power of agreement on how each individual will work towards the solution. Work, give it everything you got, man. Give it everything you got, woman. Don't defraud. Don't cheat the marriage. Because if you come in there half-stepping, trust me, your spouse going to know it and then they going to back up and say, you know what? You're not giving it your all. Give it your all. I promise you, if you come in with a clear mind, you come in being open-minded, you come in being mature, these principles work. Point number nine, set up another meeting. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up another meeting and this is what we're going to do. We're going to discuss our progress, not the failures. We're going to talk about the successes. We're going to talk about, you know what? We start doing this and it's working. Instead of me coming in and getting upset and angry and frustrated, you know what? I can't wait till I get home, man, and tell my wife all about it. Because maybe you felt like you couldn't come home and tell your wife about her your day or her day. Maybe she felt like she couldn't come in and tell you about it because maybe you were not interested or maybe, you know, sometimes we can just zone out and we just don't want to sit down and talk about whatever the situation is. We don't want to be respectful to our spouse. What I'm saying to you, we are discussing in another meeting the progress that we're making. That's all we're talking about. What is positive? 
We'll talk about another thing about the negatives and all that other stuff that we need to work out in another meeting. But I think it's important because what we're trying to do is build some muscle memory and we're trying to build some praise. We're trying to build some thanksgiving in the mere fact that we've tried this and it works. And we're going to say, you know what, man, this is good. We got this down. This is good. I can talk to you. I feel like I can talk to you without judgment. I feel like I can talk to you and you listen to me. I feel like when I talk to you, you're really paying me attention. See, we got to talk about and discuss the progress because we don't know if anything works until we really come back to the table and get both sides. And this is where we can do this at that point. Point number nine, again, set up another meeting and discuss your progress about what you did and how it worked and allow your spouse to do the same thing. Finally, number 10, I really like this one, reward each other as you each contribute towards the solution. Did you hear what I said? Reward them. Do something nice for them. Say, honey, I so appreciate the fact that when I come home, you listen to me. I'm going to take you out to dinner tonight. I'm going to buy you a pair of shoes. You know, we talked about having, you know, some some extra money and we do. I want to do something special for you. Maybe it's cooking your spouse a favorite dinner. Maybe you can come home and rub your wife's feet. Whatever the case may be, something that would mean something. Reward them. Do you know with our personal relationship with God that he has a reward system? He said, if you seek me, I'll reward you for seeking me. See, God knows that his people can't stay connected to him if there's nothing in it for them. God knows that. There has to be something in the marriage for both of y'all. So I want you to reward your spouse for contributing towards the solution. Give them a bonus, something extra, something that they never thought that you would do for them. Because what it does is it reinforces and it says that y'all care for one another. It could be the smallest thing. This is why you got to know your spouse. Ask them five things that they like. Some of us don't even know what our spouse is like. And this could be some, especially as you get older in your marriage, you've been together for a long time, desires change, things change, colors change, a lot of things change. Sit down and say, hey, give me five things that you like. Give me five things that you like to do in your free time. See, those are the things that you can give for reward. So you ain't got to pray about it, really. They already told you what they like. They already told you the things that make them feel good. I really believe if we will put these 10 practical things in play over and over and over again, you will start to see the marriage that you want. God is invested in your marriage. He wants you to succeed. The real reality is, are you? You will have to ask yourself that question. Am I as invested in my marriage? as I said I was. See, it's only what you're doing is not what you're saying. Listen, I know that things in marriage, man, can go left very fast. I mean, it, it could take just a drop of a hat for things to just go crazy. And before you know it, you done created an inferno. But what I want you to understand out of all the 10 things that I've said to you, I want you to remember this scripture again, a gentle answer, Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. I'm telling you, you can win every time in your marriage if you learn how to speak to one another. 
You have to do it. You have to control your emotions. Don't allow your emotions to take you places. And you already know if you snappy, your wife going to snap back at you. Or if she don't snap back at you right then, she going to wait till later to do it. But you know it's coming because what you sow, you going to reap. All right. So put these 10 things in practice. Email me and let me know how these things are going. Hey, man, say, hey, Pastor D, I've done some things that you said. And I'm really seeing some changes in your life. I do marital coaching. I do premarital counseling. So you can reach out to me so that I can help you put some things in practice and some other things that I will share with you because I want your marriage to win. But that's all that I wanted to share. I pray that this helped you in some way. Again, shoot me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. I want to hear from you. Take some time and share this episode with another married couple or someone that you know that is struggling. Again, these are some practical principles and tips to help you in your journey in your marriage. You can go to my website as always, thomasadeloach.com. That's thomasadeloach.com. Go there today. Check out my advocacy. If this is your first time listening to me, God bless you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do it. I pray I've gained a listener. Come back. I want to walk with you in biblical principles and see your life soar in amazing ways is my prayer for you. Listen, go out and do something great today. Love on your spouse. Bless her. Let them know that you're riding for them. Let them know that things are going to change because you are going to put in the work. And until next time, as always, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at thomasadeloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.